Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our very first episode of That's What B Said. I'm your host, Bree Rust at Breezy Clee, and I'm joined by my fellow co host and friend, Brittany Mollis, aka Bird's Eye View, and our fearless producer, Meredith at MKN Sports. Britt, how you doing? <laughs> you know what, Bree? It's been a rough couple of days. <laughs> I feel like you and I are like generally pretty positive people, I think, right? We can agree on that. We are. Yeah, but to a fault. I- Almost. <laughs> we I get criticized for that a lot. But you know what? Whatever. If my worst thing is my positivity, I'll own that. But you know, I gotta tell you, I have not been okay since Sunday. I feel like the little hope that I had left is gone. Although I say that now, but come like Saturday, I'll be like, Oh, Browns by six this week, like I always do. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I I'm the most predictable person on Twitter, I know. But um, you know, Brown's lost Brandon Allen. I I don't think I saw a stat that said he hasn't played or hasn't started a game since like 2016. So that's a tough pill to swallow and I'm not digesting it well. Have you recovered yet? Yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I tweeted out last weekend three things that would ruin my weekend. The first... (laughs) Was the Browns making Brandon Allen look like Tom Brady, which happened. Number one. Number one. The Ravens beating the Patriots, which also happened. Number two. And soundly, too. Soundly, man. Yeah. And someone in my household throwing up, which I was in the clear on number three, Mm -hmm. heading into Monday. But as of this morning, all three hit. So. There you go. I have not recovered, but like you, come Thursday... I'm back on the Browns are going to rip off eight straight wins and we're going to be in the playoffs. So I just need to get through the next couple of days and we'll, get we'll be there. good. We'll, we'll be get good. there. I, I have total faith in our positivity. It'll be back. Especially, you know, I we'll talk about him later, but I just want to say Mac Wilson. He just he just before we started recording, he put out a tweet and said, let's go win eight in a row. And I'm like, yes, that's so, the type of vibe we yes. need. It's coming back slowly. I can feel it in my belly right now. All the good feelings. We're so let's go talk one about today, ladies. Want to know? That's right. There's Meredith. <laughs> Hi, Meredith. Hello. So let's talk about it a little bit because we are two and six, mm-hmm. and that's the reality. So how did things get this bad? We have all the talent in the world. We all know that our roster is great, but. We're left with disappointment once again. So going into this season, there were a lot of expectations, a lot of hype. Mm -hmm. I think we all anticipated a winning record at this point in time and hopefully being playoff bounds. So now with where we are, have your expectations changed? I know we think there's still a playoff chance, even slightly like Mac Wilson. But Mm -hmm. what do you want to see, Britt? Okay, so at the beginning of the season, it was always in the back of my mind. I was like, okay. I get the hype, I see it, I feel it, but also they are the Cleveland Browns and there's always that little bit of doubt where I was like, okay, this could go wrong, this could go wrong. One of the things that I thought was going to be a problem, which I mean, kind of has been, but it hasn't been nearly our biggest, is injuries. I was like, okay, you know, Baker could go down, OBJ can go down, Jarvis, like all these things, all these people going down injuries. That was my fear initially. Yes. I was not anticipating everything else going completely wrong. I feel like we're at the point now where it's 
it's almost like a nightmare situation that we can't wake up from and you know, the worst case scenario has has continually happened week after week after week it feels like that ravens win was like three years ago honest Ugh, to god it's I, so true yeah like i was thinking about that the other day i was like oh my gosh we this team beat the ravens who you know i like to use the transitive property when i'm talking about football because that's the only part of math that i remember <laughs> I, you're gonna have to, you have to educate me i don't remember that yeah so okay <laughs> here, here's the transitive property a uh, little refresher course for anyone who wants to go back to third grade for a second okay. so the browns beat the ravens the ravens beat the patriots ergo the browns will beat the Patriots, even though they didn't. <laughs> so it doesn't when we meet again. When we meet again in the AFC Championship, we will there beat you the go. Patriots. There you go. But yeah. So like, I think about all these things, and I'm like, uh, but to my credit, my original prediction, and people sort of you know hounded me for this one. I predicted that they would go nine and seven. That's what I said, and I was I was on another podcast like before it was you know during. Uh, preseason and and they asked me about that and I said nine and seven they're like no ten and six eleven and five you know and I was like no I'm gonna keep it a little bit and now even that's looking kind of you know silly we're sitting here with two wins and we're halfway through the season but you know I don't think the hype didn't do us any favors us buying into the hype didn't do us any favors and now we're just dealing with uh i i can't say it any other way than a nightmare yeah you touched on it a little bit too i hate that we have to have this narrative of oh it's the browns and you thought going into this season with the expectations we were going to turn things around that wouldn't be a factor at all and here we are and i I almost feel like the owen 16 team was less of a disappointment because you knew the expectations going into that year were so low. So you didn't expect them to win. But now that we had a team that we were excited about, we signed big name stars. We have, we're stacked on defense. We're stacked on offense. We have a quarterback that looked amazing coming out of 2018. It was like, how, how could we actually get worse or not improve Mm -hmm. with an upgraded roster? So that, that's very discouraging, and, and you look at the game on Sunday, and we won't dive into that so much because it happened two days ago now. We're removed from that, but mm-hmm. we we fixed the penalties, we fixed the turnovers, and we still couldn't, couldn't pull up a victory. So there's a lot of finger-pointing happening yes. going on. You're hearing about it in the media, local media, all day. I mean, Twitter is a hot mess. It's been a hot mess since we lost that Monday night oh, football gosh. game in San Francisco. It oh, hasn't gosh. stopped. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> that's when it started, and it hasn't it hasn't slowed down one bit since then. San Francisco was oh, it's been on fire since that night. Yeah, it, Twitter is burning down in the Browns world. So if you had to single out anyone on the team, coach, player, GM, wink, wink, who who are you looking at? <laughs> okay, so you know who I want to blame. Yes, tell me, but. <laughs> I think the person I would blame the most right now is Freddie Kitchens. The person I want to blame the most in the long run is John Dorsey. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like you said, we fixed the penalties. We They really cut back on that, fixed the turnovers. We, you know, I don't think past two games, we, I don't think we've had a turn. Well, not the past two games. Baker's been good on interceptions, so that's been an improvement. Um, so I, I have to say 
my biggest issue right now is with Freddie Kitchens and his play calling. And it's it it's actually more than just his play calling. It's his his attitude. You know, you you hear him say things like uh, the first eight games don't matter. And, you know, last week when he said, uh, you know, I'm the head coach, I'm the, we're hearing, you know, remnants of Hugh Jackson there. And that that shakes me to my core to hear him say that. And when he did it, I was like, oh, man, you did not. I, I was just waiting for him to say, I'm driving the bus. And I would have just, <laughs> I would have turned off everything forever if he would have done that. But um, I, I question whether Freddie Kitchens was the guy that should have been hired for this. You know, you look at Arians, why not him? You look at, you know, other guys who are more qualified why not them? But, you know, it seemed like Freddie Kitchens was Baker's guy, and that's who and Baker's obviously John Dorsey's guy. And, yep. and I think all these pro- – it's like a domino effect, right? And and it all goes back to John Dorsey. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and you hit on it with Freddie Kitchens. And, by the way, you're not alone on this. I think Twitter is pretty much burning down for a hashtag fire Freddie. Yes. But you can even go further than that. We don't have our best – player in the game on crucial fourth downs and even third downs third and short Nick Chubb was on the sidelines and some Uh crucial plays Hollywood Higgins can barely touch the field these days after coming off where is Higgins I think we should actually put out put his face on a milk carton and try to find him it's Higgins are you alive I you know and and like the thing that's so confusing you know he seemed like he was Baker's guy last year yes he was they have a picture hanging in his apartment of them together yeah like they they the chemistry was there that seemed like he, he for whatever reason I don't know what it is I don't dive into all the you know I don't get into the weeds on this stuff but you know, for whatever reason, Baker seems like it, that was his favorite target, and they worked so well together. And Higgins has been back for a couple of weeks now, and Freddie sort of made that comment a couple of weeks ago where he was like, ask Higgins if he was fine, you know, two weeks ago. I bet he has a different answer now. It seems like there's something going on there that we don't know about, and I'm sure there is. I would just like to know what, because it seems like the team is hurting because of it, and, you know, how much longer are we going to let this go on? And the fact that we have a star wide receiver that is barely getting any red zone targets. Hello, OBJ. Happy birthday, by the way, OBJ, if you're listening. <gasps> yeah, Britt, how, how'd you let that go? Guys, we have to talk about <laughs> how how important it is that OBJ's birthday is also on National Britney Day. Oh, it's just meant to be. It's in the stars. It's meant to be. But anyway, maybe maybe OBJ for his birthday weekend will get finally get a, a red zone touchdown. Maybe. Freddie, can you draw that up? I would hope so. (laughs) We were talking before we started recording. I said, you know, it's it feels like, you know, up to this point, OBJ has been a team player. And I think everyone can agree on that. You know, when he came here, people were worried. You know, New York fans were talking about how he was a diva and some people called him a cancer in the locker room and, you know, yada, yada, all that stuff. And up to this point, you know, he's done everything that they've asked him to. And I I know he's he's dropped some and, you know, whatever. I, I, that, I'm not worried about that. It's OBJ. He'll, he'll do the one-handed catches. He'll catch stuff that you don't expect him to. He'll be fine. But, you know, when I, I worry that eventually it's going to get to a point where he's going to be like, you know what? 
guys, why did you even bring me here? What am I doing here? And he started showing that at the end of the game when Baker, for whatever reason, looked down. He didn't even like see him there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that was. But, you know, he threw to, to Landry in double coverage, which was – there was just so much that went wrong on that. Pretty. So much to unpack. And you we also you also touched on John Dorsey a little bit. And mm-hmm. I don't want to place a ton of blame on John Dorsey. I'm not saying we need to fire John Dorsey. But he is responsible for putting the roster together and hiring the head coach – that is coaching this roster. And uh, earlier this week, Doug Lamarise put out a great article kind of outlining John Dorsey's draft picks, guys he's brought in. Mm-hmm. And John Dorsey was quoted as saying, the previous regimen didn't hire football guys. We don't have football guys. We now have football guys. Whatever that means, quote unquote, right? Football guys. Oh, yeah. And this article did a great job. Doug did a great job outlining all of these football guys that essentially had some of the worst graded PFF ratings Mm -hmm. last week. And one of them being Jermaine Whitehead, who is no longer on the team, rightfully so. His play on the field sucked. He also sucked as a person after. We won't Mm -hmm. get into that much. But John Dorsey has continuously said, you are what your record is. And we are two and six. So John Dorsey, you are two and six. Right. I don't know what to make of him right now because there are other guys that we've traded or waived that other teams have picked up. And oh, by the way, they're flourishing. Right. So it's just really hard to swallow when we have this talented roster and these guys that he handpicked, a lot of them troubled. Yes. That are also not producing on the field. Right. And it seems like um, I don't want (laughs) to... I don't want to make everyone mad in our first podcast. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I don't think we're ever going to hear John Dorsey admit that he has done He's made some wrong decisions. Right? I mean, you know, he, with that article, he said, um, and I I knew at some point this was going to come back to bite him in the butt when he said was talking about Sashi's players in 2017. Yes. They didn't get real players. And, you know, when he said that, the Twitter masses went nuts. And they're like, yeah. Well, yeah, half of them. Because, you know, there are, like, that that other half who are, you know, Sashi till I die no matter what. Which is, it's equally weird that people, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. it's, they're both very weird groups. The people, you know, the Dorsey fanboys and the Sashi fanboys. I like to think that I'm somewhere in the middle. I think that, you know, Sashi set him up to succeed. And I I do think that, that Dorsey has made some good decisions, um, more than not. But it seems like his decisions that aren't good, they're real bad. You know what I mean? And it's not, it goes deeper than just football, but, you know, the, the characters. And I he talks about, you know, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to change the culture. This is a losing culture. I kind of wonder what the culture is now. Like, is this what he planned it to be? Because, you know, you have Whitehead, like he went nuts and he was signed by Dorsey last November after his release in Green Bay. And they, you know, gave up on him after he was ejected for slapping a New England player during the game. So, of course... This has John Dorsey written all over it. Oh, yeah. He's like, you know what? I want the guy that slaps people. Well, <laughs> this is what happens when you do things like that. Um, so I don't, 
I don't even know what to say anymore. I'm just, I hope that things get better. I hope that this whole culture change is a real thing. It's something that we can actually, you know, get behind and say, hey, you know what? This is going to be a winning culture. I just, I don't know that these are the players to do it. Not yeah. all of them anyway. I still believe in Baker Mayfield though. Yeah. Definitely do that. So let's talk about let's talk about him. And it's it's funny because the irony in all of this is John Dorsey said continuously, we're going to wake the sleeping giant. So I'm still mm-hmm. waiting for the sleeping giant to be awoken. But yes. Baker Mayfield, who did appear to have awoken last year, this year it's not going so well. And a lot of fans are blaming him uh, for everything ranging from his weight gain, getting married. Uh, Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone is now making fun of him on Twitter. There are memes everywhere. Everybody has seen it. He shaved three times in a game. There's a lot going on with Baker. And uh, I think from a play perspective, I think there are some concerns there. You touched on OBJ and his trust issues, getting connected with his receivers. I think these last eight games, we need to see Baker being 2018 Baker. And I'm not going to give up on him. But I do want to touch on how much of a mess he looked at in his press conference after the game. He looked like a hot mess. Do you do you watch The Office? Yes. I okay. mean, I, I dabble. Okay. Somebody tweeted the other day. It made me laugh so hard I almost cried. They're like, this is the guy who flashed Phyllis in the parking oh, lot. No. <laughs> I died. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yes, that's exactly what he looks like. I wonder if Emily's okay with this. His I've wife. seen presidents that didn't age as much in like eight years as Baker did in that one game. Oh, yeah. Baker, you know, you hate to see it. And <laughs> I, I want to go back to the dangerous Baker Mayfield. That was fun. That was he, really he had, fun. He had a very good look going then. You know, he had all the hair and the beard and, you know, he was smiling. He looked like he was happy. And I don't want to be the, the people who, you know the focus on someone's looks but th- this is it, everything's open now guys there are no rules anymore everything is fair game that's where we're at in the season that's what happens when we're two and six yeah so i'm i'm gonna say this one thing about his shaving habits we've got a great partner here with manscaped that supports blue wire and they're the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. They offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. So if Baker wants to go and, I don't know, can you do a Fu Manchu on your balls? I'm going to recommend <laughs> manscaping because they have a redesigned electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has skin-safe technology, so it won't nick or snag Baker's balls. Uh, manscaping ac- accidents are a thing of the past. And Baker, just don't use that same trimmer on your face, okay? So use, groom your facial hair with a different razor. Yes, please. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting it on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Baker, keep that in mind. Something something to think about. Just a little. <laughs> we got to tell them about it. 20% off with free shipping with code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code BLUEWIRE. Okay? That's right. And while we're on the subject of Baker's appearance, let's talk about how he showed up to the post-game interview looking so disheveled 
that Kevin McAllister took shots at him on Twitter for looking like the Wet Bandits, which was embarrassing, and he could have stopped without the whole Cleveland thing. So but you know what? You know what he should have been wearing, Bree? Tell me, Brett. He should have been wearing untuckets. So ever see an untucked button-down? Yeah. They look, they look bad. They do. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way, Brie. Thankfully, there's Untuck It. It's the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It's always fall at the perfect untucked length. And with the holidays near, there's no better gift for your favorite guy who needs an upgrade. Like your husband. I'm sure he would love these, right? He would love them. And Baker, yeah. of course. And Baker, yes. Uh, <laughs> so with more than 50 plus fit combinations, Untucket shirts look great on tall, short, slim, athletic guys of all ages. You can find your favorite Untucket style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's Untuck it, U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Okay. So let's have a conversation about culture, shall we? Yeah, we were dabbling in it uh, a little bit before that. And I think Meredith is going to pipe in here because she has some great tidbits today from Joe Thomas and Andrew Hawkins, former Browns players that shed a lot of light about this. Mm -hmm. Meredith, talk to us about that. Yeah, so, and I told you guys before the the pod, we were talking about it a little bit, and we've heard so many analysts and hosts and, and people who are in the media, people who cover the NFL, talk about what's wrong with the Browns. And I think the majority of the insight, the best insight that I heard actually came from Joe Thomas and Andrew Hawkins today. They were uh, on the radio here in Cleveland, and there were a few things, there were three main things that they talked about that stuck out to me. Um, Number one, Joe Thomas talked about uh, the advice that he was given. I believe it was by Chud uh, when he first got into the league. And he was told to never read the newspaper uh, because that's how long ago he was in the league. (laughs) There was no social media around. Gosh, (laughs) the newspaper. Nothing else. Yeah. So he was said or he was told never read the newspaper because if the reports are overly positive, you're going to get swept up in the hype. And if the reports are overly negative, it's going to get in your head and you're going and you're not going to be able to shake that negativity. I feel like that's a little bit of what's happening with the Browns right now is that there was so much positivity and so much hype leading into the season that everyone kind of got swept up into it. Mm -hmm. And now that they haven't lived up to those expectations, now the negative is getting in their head. So I I think that that was probably great advice given to Joe Thomas. And as much as I love Baker and I love how vocal he is and I love how he stands up for himself and stands up for Cleveland, I do think that he probably needs to take a step away from the Internet for a little bit and just kind of get back to football because I think all of the – just all of the hype, all of the, you know, Twitter fires, the oh, yeah. Cowherd fires, like everything that's happening. He reads everything and he yeah. listens to everything. And I just think that it gets to the point where he is overwhelmed. And, you know, when you watch him play on Sundays, like there's there's something off. And I just feel like he's a little too in his head. Sure. So that was one of the biggest takeaways that I had gotten from that. And then another thing, when we talk about culture, Joe Thomas also talked about while he was playing with the Browns that he never really knew who was in charge. Like, is it 
uh, Sashi in charge? Is it Hugh Jackson in charge? And, mm -hmm. you know, I sat through so many press conferences of Hugh Jackson saying, I'm the coach. I'm the play caller. You know, <laughs> bring yeah. at the beginning of the pod. I'm driving the bus. Oh, yeah. my God. I hate that so much. But it was like a constant. Uh, I, I don't know if I could say this, but it was like a constant pissing contest yes. between all of them. That's yeah. all it was for yeah. years. And and he even Joe even said that it was one of those things where it was like so confusing. It's like, OK, so who is in charge here? And I think that starts from the top and it bleeds down. Mm -hmm. And you almost feel like that's happening right now. Like, is John Dorsey telling Greg Robinson he's benched? Or is Freddie Kitchens telling Greg Robinson he's benched? Is Freddie right. Kitchens calling the plays? Or yeah. is Todd Munkin calling the plays? Like, Who's calling the shots? I really feel yeah. like if they... Yeah, like if they want to build this winning culture, like there has to be a clear... Uh, structure and a clear organization of who's in charge and who's doing what. And mm -hmm. uh, I just, I think that there's so much confusion happening right now in Berea. And I really think that those two things that Joe Thomas said were kind of like the crux of the biggest problem that's, that's happening with the Browns right now. And so to me, I just, I found those comments so enlightening and probably one of the most insightful things that I've heard in the last eight weeks. How do you guys think the players feel through all of this. I saw someone on Twitter posted, and I don't even remember who it came from, so it could just be a no name like me, for instance, that knows nothing. But <laughs> oh, there was there that. was a there was a comment out there about the the locker room is actually divided into little cliques. And I, in my opinion, that's a little concerning because Freddie Kitchens, for what it's worth, has said he doesn't feel like they're playing as a team. They're just a group of individuals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Clearly, what's been put on the field certainly feels that way. And I feel like before the season started, all of these guys were friends. OBJ was friends with Baker and clearly Jarvis Landry. They had they, they did have these personal relationships. So how how is it not translating on the field? What do you guys think about that? I think part of that is what, you know, what Meredith was talking about. It all comes from who's running the show. So you think about, you know, like Callaway, for instance. Mm hmm. Um, I, if I were a, a wide receiver, if I were OBJ, right. And I saw Callaway, you know, getting targeted in the red zone much more than I was. Um, would that make me feel resent? Like I think about, okay, this is John Dorsey's guy. Uh, he got in trouble, you know, yeah. he got suspended. He came back and he's still getting more than I am. I have been nothing but a team player this whole time. Why am I not getting the same respect that he is? Uh, it, a little bit it, of favoritism. Yeah, like it goes down yep. to, okay, who's in charge? Uh, Higgins, if I'm him, I'm just mad all the time at this point. Chubb, you know, it's it's fourth and one. Why am I not in there? What is happening? Who's calling the shots here? And I think if you don't know that, if there's a lot to a lot of finger pointing going on and a lot of questions and, and who's doing what and, and who the coach is. But, you know, all of this creates naturally i would think whether that's football in real life you know if, if it's at your job this would happen too where you just feel you start to get resentful of other people getting things that that you know maybe you should too if you're not getting your fair shake you're going to be mad and if there is a division in the locker room that would be my guess as to where it comes from so i'll jump in a little bit with the locker room division idea because uh, i have been in a few locker rooms before uh, just in the NFL, NHL, and um, MLB, like all sports that I've covered. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that tends to happen um, just naturally. And it's not always a bad thing. Like when I covered the Titans, the defensive backs were just 
they had their little group and everyone knew that it was their little group and they were always horsing around and it was kind of just it was a funny thing of them always kind of messing with each other mm-hmm. but it wasn't necessarily like they weren't a part of the team yeah so to an extent i don't know that i would necessarily worry about the click thing because that just kind of happens like yeah there's 53 look- guys on, yeah. i mean on the team yeah, yeah. I mean, and if you i mean and even if you look at like a hockey locker room uh, you know, the defensive players tend to stick with the defensive players. The forwards tend to stick with the forwards, like that kind of thing. So it's just mm-hmm. sort of like this natural thing that comes around. Like, I think I read somewhere that uh, in the filming of the Planet of the Apes, like all the people who wore um, like the different types of monkey costumes, whether they were like a chimp or a gorilla or whatever, like they just when the cameras weren't rolling and they were like eating lunch or something like the chimps naturally like sat with the chimps and the gorillas naturally sat with the gorillas and that kind of thing. And it was just like such a weird <laughs> sociological experiment on this movie set. Oh my like, gosh. You know, all of these are just people in monkey costumes, but <laughs> they're like sitting with people that look like, so, so yeah. I feel like that's kind of where it comes to a little bit, but I also agree a hundred percent with everything Brittany said about, um, you know, people just kind of uh, like OBJ seeing what Callaway is happening or like what Callaway is getting. And Nick Chubb is is out on the sidelines. And I think that uh, the idea of these guys playing like individuals and not like a team, because that's what plagued the Indians at, at the end of the season last year, because you heard that comment a few times coming um, out of the Indians team of them playing like individuals and not like, yeah. a team. like they're playing for their jobs. They're not playing like they're winning. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's a little bit of both we can look at and possibly be concerned by. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the other thing I'd like to just mention and just a statement, we are not losing because Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry had to change their cleats. And I think that's ridiculous. And I was just thinking before we started the podcast tonight, we mentioned it's OBJ's birthday today. And I logged on to Instagram, you know, get a little update what's going on. Mm -hmm. Him, Jarvis, Demarius Randall, and I think it was Kirksey. They must be out for OBJ's birthday, you know, a little celebration. So how 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 many stories will come out tomorrow and over the weekend? Like if something bad goes wrong on Sunday and God forbid it doesn't. But if someone doesn't play well, it'll be because it was OBJ's birthday and nobody was focused on a random Tuesday night when it was their off day and they were at a party. So I'm just so sick of all of these stories. I mean, oh, yeah. About to uh, Deshaun Kaiser in 2017. Like he was caught. Although granted, that was like a Friday night or. Uh, Yeah, that's right. It became like a thing. He was hanging out with Brittany, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) That was when I was buying condoms, guys. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, he's like, I'm going to. He's like, I'm going to go hang out with the only person in Cleveland that actually supports me. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like, you know, Bree, you were talking. I see so many things. And it's not just on Sunday you saw it. Maybe if they cared about football as much as their shoes. (laughs) Maybe if players stopped making commercials. I can't tell you how many tweets I saw upset about Baker Mayfield's commercials. Like, and they, in their minds, they really believe that, you know what, if you spend half the time, like, you know, practicing rather than making commercials, like, dude, that has <laughs> nothing to do with anything. Stop doing that. That's just Baker trying to make more money. So God bless him. Good for talk, him. Yeah, let's talk about the fact that all of these commercials were done in the off season too. It's not right. like this yes. brand new progressive commercial that came out last week. <laughs> He filmed it at halftime. No, no. He, yeah. probably, like, he probably filmed that in like June or something, but either before or after OTAs were over. You know, right. it's that's not something that he's just doing last week. Like, the, I I guarantee you he probably forgot what he did in those progressive commercials. And the only thing that reminds him is actually seeing them. Yes. yes. 
but people see these things and they're like, oh, they must have just recorded it yesterday. It's brand new. <laughs> Stop making commercials. And it's just like, guys, their issues are so much deeper than this. And yes. you know, at the beginning of the season, I um I had made a couple comments on different podcasts about how I was kind of worried um, about the, the team chemistry because you this is the first time in a long time that the Browns had brought in talent, right? Like, yes. You know, very talented Real individuals. Yes. And you had people like OBJ and Jarvis, and you, they have um, a history. And there's, I'm not going to try and, like, you know, have any easy way to say this, but a history of public perception of them being maybe not so favorable. Uh, they're very, they're, you know, especially OBJ, he's like a generational talent. Uh, Jarvis is, I can't speak highly enough about him, but you know, they, they have big personalities as well with a lot of talent usually comes a lot of personalities. And I knew that, you know, Freddie was going to have his hand or John or whoever, they're all going to have their hands full dealing with these personalities. And that would be true in like any, any place it doesn't, it doesn't have to be football. You know, anytime you bring in these big shots, they have personalities. You're going to have to manage them. You're going to have to adjust and get used to them and find what works for you. But what you can't do is sit there, like the announcers on Sunday were saying, uh, they're supposed to be leaders and they're just trying to be individuals because of their shoes. So it's just like they're in a position where if they were winning, none of this would be in question. None of this would be a topic conversation. Nobody would be criticizing OBJ for his shoes or his visors or his watches or what. It doesn't matter. And, no. you know, when people say winning fixes everything, it really kind of does. It <laughs> does. These, I'm so tired of talking about these specific things every week. There's a new distraction every week. There's something that has nothing to do with football every week. And it's just like, guys, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm so tired of reading it now. So let's talk about winning. Let's look ahead because hopefully Mm -hmm. there's some wins that we can get out of these final eight games. Uh, And I know, Brittany, you were one. We were on a little. We were we were on a little different pages here about the second back half of the schedule being easier. You Mm -hmm. were under attack. I was the one attacking, and I was not attacking you. I was attacking nobody. (laughs) I was just attacking Twitter. Um, Talking about the schedule because I was a firm believer that the Browns were their own worst enemy and that we weren't mm-hmm. going to be able to beat anyone because we shot ourselves in the foot so many times that we have to pretty much win against ourselves. So sure. we have Buffalo on Sunday. We all know that they have mm-hmm. a pretty solid defense. We seem to struggle against really solid defenses. Sure. And I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around how every other team that we play against, regardless of, of what their record is, who they are, they always seem to come in better prepared and able to exploit our weak spots. We saw mm-hmm. it with San Francisco. They blew up our offensive line. Yes. Denver last Sunday exploited our linebacker and safety role with chunk mm-hmm. plays, as did Tennessee in the very first game of the season. Mm-hmm. I want to say Seattle and the Rams were more of kind of fluky things, probably play calling and coaching. Yeah. Uh, we didn't shoot ourselves as much in the foot in those games. Um, but that said, it does lead me to just question, why are we not able to exploit weaknesses from the other teams? And can we chalk any of the next eight games up as a win? Do you, do you still feel that way? Okay, here's how I'm feeling right now. <laughs> I feel like the reason why I've held out so long in saying, you know, the schedule will get easier, guys, it gets easier, is because 
if you look at it, it you know weeks ago if you just looked at the schedule weeks ago which is when this whole conversation you know started it did look easier the te- <laughs> the opponents statistically were easier like that was just how it was we've been fooled and my whole thinking that i can't seem to get over and i'm still not over it and i still think you know i'm with mac wilson and i'm waiting for us to win eight games in a yes. row so i'm holding out for that but you know i i look at the talent and I can't stop thinking that one of these games is going to be the game that they get it. Like they, they get they it together. Use their talents. They, they start, you know, exploiting other teams. But, you know, up to this point, I think they've been trying so hard to figure themselves out. And, you know, we have Freddie, who I think is too busy trying to outsmart everyone all the time that he just outsmarts himself constantly. Yes. Uh, and if you have a coach that, that can't even do this right, I don't know how you expect the players to do it. So, you know, you have all these things working against you, but the talent is still there. So, you know, I think, um, you know, we'll probably win against the Bengals, play them twice. Uh, they're pretty bad. So <laughs> they're true. There's two that I could think of. Although we, uh, we do struggle with quarterbacks we've never seen before. <laughs> that is true. Um, we have Pittsburgh, uh, who I, I don't know. I'm feeling less mm-hmm. confident, mm-hmm. but there's still a very alive part of me that is like, yes, this is the week we're going to get it together. This is the week that talent is going to beat all of the mental crap that's going on. This is it. So you know, asking me what I think is going to happen, nah, well, you know, I'm I'm always going to be the one who's going to be like, oh, yeah, I did it in, in 2017 with Owens every single Sunday. <laughs> Same. Every single Sunday. I was on Twitter saying, oh, today's the day we're going to get a win. <laughs> and it just, it, I, until Corey Coleman dropped that pass from Deshaun Kaiser in the fourth quarter, I, I was convinced we were going to win at least one game that year. And you know what, guys? So don't listen to me when I say these things. I I know nothing. And will you be at the game, Brittany? I will be at the game. All right. So you have you have the Browns winning. I do. I do. But you know, um, I've never seen them win in real life. Uh, Except same actually. Yeah, (laughs) I've seen preseason games, but you know, keep in mind, I didn't go to my first game until 2017. So my history there isn't that long. Mm. So anything could happen. This could be the first game that that I see a win, and you know, I'm just hoping for the best. All right, you guys heard it here first. Brittany is guaranteeing the win on Sunday. It'll be her first (laughs) that she's seeing live in person. Okay, Mary Kay. Oh my god! And then she's gonna she's gonna come in next week and rant for six minutes about how she was a fool, and then come back and say, "Oh, but we're gonna win this week." Hundred percent. This is how this is gonna go every single week, guys. That wraps us up for our very first episode of That's What B Said. Thank you guys both. It's been a rough day for me, Brittany. This was a great distraction. Very good friend. Had her husband pass away unexpectedly today. So my thoughts go out to her. Thanks for letting me talk about the Browns and something I enjoy, even if they let me down every week. Of course. Tell your loved ones that you love them, guys. It's very important. We out. Every day. Every day. Guys, don't forget to find us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Rate and subscribe. Hate subscribe. Hate rate us. We love you. Thanks for listening. See you next time.